Hello everyone, I'm Dawn Granskeeper and this is Snippets of Literacy. This episode was recorded on Anchor. Every episode is special, every interview guest is special, but this one has a little something extra, a little something something. In this episode, uh, you will hear me speaking with a high school friend who is now a judge all the way from my beautiful island home of Jamaica. I was very excited to talk with her because we had not spoken since we left high school nearly three decades ago. Shh! I have hardly edited the recording as well because I wanted you to hear everything. So before I allow you to listen, I would just like to give my usual shout outs. And this time, uh, they're going to my former 2021, sorry, 2020 legal studies students. I'm not going to identify your school, but I, you certainly will recognize your names. Uh, shout outs to Melinda, Monique, Angelique, Vassi, Zainab and Serenity. I know we would be analyzing this podcast episode if I was still your teacher. So I just want to send you guys my love. I love you forever and I miss you. Now, let's head over to the interview, episode 27, Literacy and Justice with Judge Sahai. Hello. Hi, Dawn. Oh, hi. How are you? How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my podcast. Oh my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> this is such a pleasure. Oh, listen, the pleasure is all mine. And I'm just going to tell my audience, who will hear this, of course, um, not live, that yes. I'm talking to someone who is an amazing, brilliant, and very, very empathetic woman. Um, if you hear that someone is a judge, you might think, oh, my God, they just want to send me to prison and throw away the key. But you're not like that at all. So it is such a pleasure to have you join me and to talk about a mundane topic for some as literacy. So, um, look, I could just spend the whole time catching up, but I know that we shouldn't. <laughs> yes, we'll so, we get time for catching up after. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, welcome to Snippets of Literacy podcast again. Would you like to introduce yourself, please, to my guests, my audience? Certainly. Um, good evening, everyone. My name is Sahai Whittingham Maxwell. I am... Coming to you from Jamaica. Yeah. As you've heard, <laughs> as you've heard, I'm a judge here. I'm a parish court judge and I deal with children and family law cases. That's my area of specialty. So you have me at oh, your wow. disposal. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. And I have so many questions for you. But yeah, that's it's 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 amazing actually when when I reached out to you that you would even be interested in such a topic. But I could see from your social media that you know you have the student that not students the children best uh, at at heart. So you want to see them yes. grow. It's not about penalizing people, sending them to prison. It's about making them better human beings. So I really want to hear about, about what you have to say. And for everyone else, the previous episode I recorded was on the school to prison pipeline, which is, again, your area. But that's not, yes. that's not what we want to do. We don't want to see school to prison. We want to see school to a better life, wherever that is. 
So my first question for you is, what does literacy mean to you in your line of work? Why do, why do you care? Uh, okay, so that's a very interesting question. And it is very relevant because in the legal system, you know we use language that is very specific as it relates mm. to a specific law or legal matter that is being addressed. Right. And so it is important that whoever is engaging the law understands what is being said, what is being done. And so you must be able to, at the basic level, read, write, and have the basic level of understanding. Mm. So for example, um, for example, a person before the court, whether an adult or a child, that person must be able to understand the proceedings. Right. And so if it is at any point during the proceedings that it should arise that the person is not understanding what is being done in court, then it is, on, it is the court's duty to break proceedings to have that person evaluated to the extent that they can say or whatever their experience is. The wow. court should not proceed unless it is clear that that person is able to understand the proceedings <laughs> in its entirety. So for example, if, hmm. sorry, yes, for example, yes, if the yes, person yes. is to be pleaded, the first thing that a person who is brought before the court is, is charged with is whether they're guilty or not guilty. Right. And so whatever they're brought before the court for, for example, if they're brought brought before the court for forgery, mm -hmm. that person needs to understand the elements of the offense before they can say guilty or not guilty. Wow. That is so, so literacy. Hmm. It is, it is. So you have to understand from the very basic level because there is that point in the law that stipulates that if the person does not understand the proceedings, then the proceedings can't go on. So at the very basic level, what we require is reading and writing and ability to communicate and understand. Wow. So, wow, that is uh, brilliant. I have so many questions, but let's see this one. So <laughs> how, how, how is it on, on the ground? Do you find that people are literate or do you find most of the people standing in front of you not too literate? Um, a mixture. I find it to be a mixture. And if I'm to go down to percentage, I'd say um, at least 70% would be literate and 30% not literate. And when I say literate, I mean from where I sit. Because I, as I told you, I engage family right. matters and so a lot of parents, children right. specifically. Really? Those that I've had experience with in terms of engaging, I've not seen many who have not been able to understand or have not been who are not literate. Mm, the, the, okay. the level of literacy you now is 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 where we could draw the line because it's almost like a spectrum. You have some who are at the minimum level of literacy, so they went through all A school or primary school, they didn't do high school. Okay. So they will tell you, right. I can read, I can write. Yeah. 
Yeah. So who we would all functionally literate, but not, but they would still not be as competent as they would need to be to understand legal matters. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. That's exactly the point. And so for for children. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. (laughs) All right. I was, I was making the distinction for children. Um, Children are not brought before the court to speak on their own behalf. Right. They are always given um, either their parent is with them or guardian or Mm -hmm. a court appointed attorney. And in Jamaica, what we have, we have the Office of the Children's Advocate, which is a specific organization uh, mandated to advocate on behalf of children charged before the courts. So children who may be brought before the court for offenses and they're not able to, to, to afford an attorney, the Office of the Children's Advocate will come and speak on their behalf. And so they would normally bridge that gap as it relates to the those who are illiterate or just functional illiterate. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's brilliant. That is really comforting news because, um, you know, the research that I've looked at does show that poor literacy skills certainly factor into delin- youth delinquency. So it's good that yes. there's some support from that side. And I think yes. if we talk about, um, you know, just listening to you, I'm thinking, of course, if they're unable to to read and write and comprehend, then they yeah. might incriminate themselves without even knowing. Yes, so and that, that, they that appear in court, right? Even before they appear in court, there's a there's an issue if a police officer stops them, isn't there? Yes, yes. Yeah, the whole right. law enforcement work in that way to ensure that people are not, you know, incriminating themselves. You think? Mm. To, to, to be frank, I, I would say no. And, and mm-hmm. as you know, you have good and you have bad in everything. Right. So there are those persons in law enforcement who will see an opportunity to get, for example, a confession from right. um, mm-hmm. somebody who is suspected and mm-hmm. not caring whether that person is literate or otherwise. They're right. looking at the first opportunity to get that person to say, I did it. And wow. so there's, there's there's little or no care at times in the way that the, 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 the persons are brought in by law enforcement and, and what is said by mm. them in terms of, you know, you, you're supposed to caution everybody before you speak to them. But right. a child should never be spoken to without the presence of a parent or an exactly. adult or a guardian. But, exactly. but as I said, there are times they will do things to get what they want without doing the right thing, the formal exactly. channels of, of, of under, getting the child to understand that this is what you're doing because it right. suits them. Yeah. So when such a child comes before you, um, yes. that, then that becomes your responsibility to, to correct any injustice, right? Correct, correct. Yeah. And, and so we have different programs um, in place. And I did mention the Office of the Children's Advocate as one right. entity. Mm-hmm. have the child protect well formerly child development agency the the new okay. name um is oh lord it's slipping me now cpfsa child protect child protective and family 
services. I'm going to get the correct. Um, no, that's all good. <laughs> I, I know um, the CDA. <laughs> right. And I, 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 I have, I'm struggling in court at times and I will just say CDA and they understand. Exactly. Like, why do they so, make these changes, right? <laughs> exactly. No, I, just to confuse this poor judge whose brain is getting so old. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but we okay. have CDA, formerly CDA, and they, though they are mainly responsible um, for those children who are in need of care and protection and those children who are deemed uncontrollable. Mm -hmm. And so they are, they're responsible for placing those children before in, in a home. So these, right. they're not specifically responsible for children who are charged with an offense because there's okay. a distinction. Yes. But okay. there, the law does provide for those children who are in need of care and protection to be brought before the court and, and investigation be done to see where they should be placed, if, if, if with a family member or they should remain in state care. And okay. so a lot of these children who are brought in through the CDA um, line to, to, the, to the court system, this is where we find a lot of delinquent children in terms of mm. because they, they fall in the category of in need of care and protection or uncontrollable child because they were never properly supervised, they're not getting the type right. of care, the type of support. So many of them have not gone to school. Many of them are just home. And so right. they, they have never been exposed to the formal learning yeah, ways experience. in the classroom. They can't because they're coming from poor family background who can't afford to send them. And so education means nothing to some communities where mm -hmm. children Unfortunately. are just left home. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah. So when these All right, I want to I want to switch a little bit, although that is yeah. very interesting. Sorry to to cut you off, but I have to That's because <laughs> it is only a snippet, and I have so many questions still. <laughs> but as okay. a parent and as someone in youth justice, what advice yeah. do you have about how to address some of the issues that you mentioned? What can what can schools do? What can parents do? You know, how do we solve this? Um, for me, and, and I'm, as a parent, I, I start at home. I don't wait on the school to make that first break for my children. And so well when we started, what we did at home, my husband and myself, <clears throat> sorry, we started out by reading a lot to the kids, to the boys. We'd read a lot to them from an early age. Mm. Granted, they are very, very literate because literacy, as I understand it, is not just about reading and writing. It's about not. emotional intelligence, communicating, understanding, you know, yeah. um, the level of exposure to different things that can help you to understand outside of a classroom setting. Absolutely. Yes. So that's what one. I do as a parent. That's my focus. I f our focus is to expose them. In, 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 in the areas of life. So you, right. we take them to the beach and for us, that's expanding their, their, their knowledge of, 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 of life, the sea, mm -hmm. the water, how to interact with nature, those things. For me, that's right. building in terms of literacy. Okay. At home, we sure also is. do, yes, <laughs> we play games at home, word games, because I want to build their vocabulary. I, as I say to them, I want you to not just know 
one word or two words. I want you to know as many words as you can because when you're communicating, you will come across persons with different level of, 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 of exposure. And so you should be able to understand when certain words are used to you. So you, you have to get used to these words first before Absolutely. you are Wow. Um, so those are some of the things we do at home. Mm. Um, even from, from, from my own practice at home as well, I will give my boys essays to write. Just to, to if I take them to the beach, when they get home, I say, write about your day. Just write me two paragraphs about your day. How awesome. would you describe your day? Just to build mm -hmm. them in terms of writing. And, yeah. and, 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 and communication skills. Yeah, and appreciating, of course. Right. Being able right. to appreciate what is around them, what they have. That's amazing. Well done. And I've, again, I've, I've had an episode, I've done maybe two or three episodes on how the home can really influence um, literacy and that it is actually um, the first place that literacy begins in my book. <laughs> so, yeah. so definitely yeah. awesome. Do you think schools are doing enough? I don't think schools are doing enough and I'll be frank about this. Um, what I'm seeing now is that schools are more interested in, in some schools are more interested in pushing out than nurturing while they're in. Hmm. Nurturing in the sense that if if it is that there is an observation that 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 a, 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 a class is not performing in terms of, of the level, the grade level. Right. There is no push to get that, 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 that class, that group up. The push is to ensure that they don't commit any crime. They just okay. finish their, mm -hmm. their, their grade level, finish school and graduate. And we can now say that, yes, we have graduated class okay. of 50 mm -hmm. and that for mm -hmm. them is success in terms of the substance there is little there's no much emphasis on the substance and what i'm realizing too is the day-to-day -day class time is not used sufficiently to teach and so a lot of work is being done in what is called extra class and these, these okay. classes you have to pay for them so, so right. it is it is becoming almost a way of making money for some schools not all schools because there are schools as i can tell you who they're doing excellent work in terms of providing students and pushing out students who can function critically in in terms of critical mm -hmm. thinking and so yes. and so that for me too is important how how to build critical thinkers because that has been lacking mm -hmm. over the years and Absolutely. We do have some schools that, that we I can say they are they are very good in terms of what they are doing with students. But um, mm -hmm. some other schools, I can tell you they drop the ball because there's frustration. There's frustration. Students yeah. who are not very literate are usually delinquent and troublemakers in class. Yeah. And so for mm -hmm. me as a judge, I've gone to schools and I've 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 I've, I've had to gone into schools to say to the to the students, listen, this is the only opportunity you're going to get at this age because you're only getting older. And the older you get, is the closer you are to exiting your classroom and your school. When you leave school, you should not just be able to read and write. You should be able to 
function in any space that you go. Absolutely. So wow. So that's great that you go into schools as a judge so you can you can inspire them and, and pull them up as well to tell them, hey, right. you know, do, do the right exactly. thing. How exactly. is that usually um, taken by the students? You know, do they usually appreciate it or how do they react? On the ground, they are interested. But okay. after you leave, you still see them coming before you in court. And so you may have probably um, a handful who you may reach when you go there and do that. But the influence, the peer influence is very strong. And so it would require follow-up visits and those sort of things, which is not going to be possible with my day-to-day um, requirements for the courtroom. So I have to just fit in these slots when I can, which is not often. That's but amazing. I have seen... Yes, it, it, it has worked. It has worked. And, and I, one of the punchlines I left with them was, let your book be your weapon of choice. And oh, I remember that was... <laughs> I remember when I, I, I shared that with, with, with this school I visited the very first time, it resonated. And I got an essay from a student after to say that she was very appreciative of the fact that I came and that she her, she was enlightened. She was enlightened to the fact that, because what I did, I shared my own personal life experience growing up, the fact that I grew up very poor, right. went to an old school. Mm. And, you know, I didn't come from, my family had didn't have money. So I shared that. I went as far back as sharing my own experience to connect with them, for them to understand that they don't need to rely on their status in life Absolutely. to keep them down. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And, you know, sharing stories. Oh, my goodness. The, other people's stories have shaped my life, even those I don't know. You know, I've never met like Maya Angelou and, and you know, Nelson Mandela and Marcus Garvey and so many people's yeah. stories. So thank you for sharing your stories with them. I have one more And question. it's so funny that you, you said that. Ahead. I'm sorry. But, I mean, you mentioned some names and that's where I go with them. I give them essays to write about Marcus Garvey, I tell mm. him to research, and, and I've actually used those names that you've just called, Marcus Garvey, <laughs> Look, we're Angelo, coming from the I same, same place, aren't we? Yes, <laughs> right, right. You mentioned that you're doing uh, a book project. Yes. Would you please tell us a little bit about that, um, what is involved, um, how can people join that drive, what is it about and why are you doing it? Okay, so I recently started um, specifically as a children's court judge. And the title pretty much is the, the chairperson for the children's court for the parishes of St. Thomas, St. Mary, Portland, and St. Andrew. So I okay. travel across these parishes every week. Wow. But I, when I went to each parish on my, in, during my first week, I noticed that there was a breakdown because of COVID challenges in terms of the children not getting the face-to-face -face classes. Mm -hmm. And so many of them would ordinarily rely on the school library or the school resources because they are from very poor backgrounds and they are not able to buy books at home or mm. their parents are not able to afford books. And so I saw that there was an opportunity for us 
to recycle used books. And so I thought about how best to get that done. And then I came up with the idea that maybe I could start a book drive, just ask people to donate wow. used books, those who can afford to donate new books like the First Aid in English, Junior English Revised. Oh, I have mine here with me. <laughs> that's probably the only one of the only things i have but i do have that <laughs> yeah it's very I, I mean that was one of our backbone books right yeah absolutely absolutely my kids look at it like what <laughs> <laughs> so, so 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 i go right back to basics i go absolutely. right back to basics and um and I thought about how also to open them up because a lot of the kids I've encountered so far they're very timid, very close, very low right. in self-confidence, but they are talented. They, ha- they are talented, but they are not able to express it. Mm-hmm. So in addition to the book drive, what I also asked for was um, for art supplies. So sketch pads, crayons, um, just about anything that can motivate them to be artistic or creative. This, I find, mm-hmm. can, can, can create a gap between those who are not able to read fluently or write fluently they may be able to express themselves through art and then expressing themselves through art they are better able to communicate to say what it is that they're drawing or what they're sketching or what they're coloring and it helps to build their confidence and to get them over now to the book so we can get them to start reading better wow that is amazing. That is absolutely fantastic. I, I commend you for that. So how can people support you with this? Thank I do have listeners know. in Jamaica. I've got <laughs> listeners close by, Turks and Caicos, uh, Bahamas, Barbados, the United States, as well as anywhere else, the UK. You know, you don't have to be, don't, don't think you're too far away. So how can we help you? How can we join this drive? All right, so um, for now, I will have persons who are interested just make, just make a link through Facebook and then we can speak on a personal level the best way okay. to be included in the drive. Okay. And no so um, for now, I, I, the Jamaican Women Judges Association, they have also come on board because they, I, I reached out to them um, to be a part of the project and they found it very useful very enlightening and and saw the relevance of it and so they've also adopted it as a project to do on a wider scale across all parishes and so definitely we'll be needing as much support as we can um, because I mean the children are many and so we can't have too many books what I also want to do is to have like a revolving library where for each court visit a child will take a reading book, go home. On the next visit, they're going to come back and they're going to present a summary of what they read from the book oh, just wow. to help to build them. That is amazing. So, <laughs> that has been going quite well. I mean, we just started, but the, the, those who have engaged it have shown promise and potential. And I also have them write essays like at the very basic level done. Mm-hmm. When I a child a a boy or a girl who is 16 and I say to them what's your ambition what would you like to be in the next 10 years Mm -hmm. it's almost like I'm bowling them over they've never ever thought about it 
Oh, and wow. so uh, I have essays now that I can probably, I'll, I'll just take shots of them and share yes, them with please. you. Yes, please. I will um, absolutely so share it on the Snippets of Literacy um, podcast um, Facebook page on www.snippetsofliteracy.com. Anywhere I can promote it as well. I, I just want to stop there to say that um, as I understand it, uh, you don't yet have like a Facebook page for the Jamaican Women's Judges Association, right? You don't. Will you consider mm. um, just having a way that people from all over the world can just um, send some donation, whether, you know, in whatever form? But for now, if they would like to get in touch with you, yes. so if you'd like to get in touch with Judge Sahai or you'd like to make a donation to her book drive, then you can reach out to me on the Snippets of Literacy podcast uh, page. Perfect. Or if you're a That's friend of, of ours, you know how to reach us as well. But let's support this absolutely incredible work. Uh, I have to wrap it up, but this is such a really fantastic conversation. I've learned so, so, so very much. And what I'm taking away is what you gave the students um, or the, the students when you went into schools to talk to them. Let your book be your weapon of choice i love it i'm gonna steal it because i think it is the best thing oh my gosh it's it's beautiful so thank you, uh, thank you so much for joining us um look maybe we'll do part two another time but really this has been so enlightening and i hope that you know we can really raise the literacy um rate and raise awareness and and get our young people to understand that they have a future and that we're here for them to help them in whatever way we can. So can you've been listening to Snippets of Literacy with uh, Dawn Grand Skiba. I love you for listening. Thanks again for joining. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be in touch. Right. Cheers. Bye. Thanks. Bye.